And now it's time for the UP's favorite live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, presented by John's Auto Marquette. Here's Blake Froling. What's going on, Marquette? It's not Blake Froling, though. It's Max Stevens. Blake Froling, of course, no longer with us. And by that, I don't mean he's dead. I just mean he no longer works here at ESPN UP. <laughs> of course, we wish. Blake, all the best in his future endeavors down in Midland. I got Ryan Steeg from the Mining Journal in here with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, great to be here again. <laughs> good to I was, have I was here Friday, right. here Saturday. Mm-hmm. May as well keep it going. Yeah, got a good, uh, got a good little streak going. Yeah, and Ryan, always good to have you in here. Mm-hmm. And it, it was a great weekend for football. So we're going to talk about yeah. it because everybody loves football. Everybody does. Yeah. All right. So we'll see. We'll just go ahead and start. Uh, we were both at the Wildcat game mm-hmm. on Saturday and it was a good game. We've already matched our win total from last year. So, yeah. you know, stepping stones, exactly. baby steps. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, we picked up the uh, win. It was 27 to 22. The final score. Uh, Jake Mayon, of course, carried the team, put the team on his back. We only gave the ball to him 35 times. It was, it was all right. Uh, 224 yards on the ground and a touchdown. The guy's a beast. He really is. Uh, It's just, he makes plays by himself. And that's what Kyle Nystrom said in the press conference to me. He said he, there were times where, you know, the blocking was bad and he just found his way and weaved his way through the defense and through the line. So it just shows his abilities as a runner. There's a lot of guys who are good running backs, but without a good line, they're not that great, and he's definitely the exception there. Mm-hmm. Right, and I, I have here in my notes, I broke broke a ton of tackles, ton in all caps with the little arrow next to uh, Jake Mayon's name. He absolutely just has that ability just to turn nothing into something, really, uh, <laughs> by breaking tackles and doing who knows what else. And, of course, uh, our quarterback, Latrell Giles, also had a pretty solid game, 8 for 12 going through the air with 117 yards and a touchdown. No picks. <laughs> Turning the not turning the ball over is great. He also ran the ball 15 times for about 37 yards. Not quite as as efficient on the ground as uh, as Mayon, but of course, who can expect that from a from a quarterback? Yeah, you you know he's basically there to just find plays, mm-hmm. you know, and if he needs yards, he'll try to get them. But when you got a guy who can pick up 200 yards a game, I mean, you just keep handing them the ball. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, we're we're joking the press box. He said, you know. Is, is he going to get a hand cramp from just keep <laughs> handing the ball off each play? So, I mean, it was – he did all right. Uh, you know, it was his first start. He, I know, he went in the press conference. He said he was a little nervous at the beginning, and I'm sure that's for every quarterback, you know. Right. And he – but he did all right with some passes. You know, they didn't have to throw a whole lot. So, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of pressure for him mm-hmm. there. But he didn't really make any bad mistakes throwing. He did some. He did pretty well running, and it wasn't just Mayon. Um, DeAndre Cantwell found some spots too, you know. And Kyle Nystrom challenged him and said, "You're a good pr- player. We need you to be better than you were last week." Mm-hmm. And he took that advice and was better. Not not at the level Jake Mayon is, but who can be? No. But mm-hmm. you know, close to 100 yards rushing himself, you mm-hmm. know. Definitely was a, a spark for them. Yeah, I have it down here. Eight carries for 86 yards and a touchdown. You love to see that uh, that kind of production out of back number two in your offense because, you, you know, we can't – as great as Jake Mayon is and as capable as he is, you can't give the ball to him 40 times a game and expect him to keep this up all year. So, like, there's got to be some production somewhere else coming out of the backfield. So it's great to see Caldwell picking up those yards and yeah, being efficient. Yeah, 
not only that, he's a good receiver too. Um, he got a cut, he caught a touchdown. I think it was their first one of the game and uh, gave them the spark they needed. You, you know, and it's nice having a mobile quarterback like Giles mm-hmm. um, who can help out. Take some, I mean, Johnson's a good quarterback, but he's very much a step back passer. He's not going to mm-hmm. get you. <laughs> he's not going to break free on a twenty yard run or something like that. So, mm-hmm. it's they're looking good on the running game. It's just that was a. I would say mediocre Permian Basin team. Next week they get Grand Valley. Actually, this Saturday they yeah. get Grand Valley, <laughs> who is a much, much better team. It's given Northern fits for quite a while, mm-hmm. and uh, they're going to have to need a passing game <laughs> in addition to yeah, a running game. Yeah, well, I had, I had that down in my notes as well. You mentioned Giles, a, a mobile quarterback. He made a lot of plays outside the pocket on Saturday, and we're definitely going to need that uh, going forward this year. Um but you mentioned it, it, is a, it was a, a mediocre Permian Basin team. I think that's pretty fair. We did kind of let them crawl back into it, though. <laughs> yeah. uh, we were up, I think, 20 to 3, 20 to 7, something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. And of course, the final score ended up being 27 to 22. Uh, you know, so our defense was playing pretty solid for most of the game. But I, I got to say, one stat I noticed we missed uh, two field goals. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, you, you convert on those. That's an extra six points. And that, that late. That late surge from Permian Basin's not as big of an issue if you can just convert on those on those chip shots. Well, what's frustrating is not just those chip shots. He had, they had to settle for field goals. They mm-hmm. had the ball deep in their territory, couldn't get the touchdown. Had to mm-hmm. settle for a field goal, and he made two of four. Mm-hmm. So it was yeah. like it was like not only sometimes they only got three points, then they didn't get any points in mm-hmm. a couple other times. So yeah. it was a they could have. You know, I sent out a tweet and I said it was about end of the third quarter, I said, Northern could have put this game away by now if they'd either made the field goals or just got one more touchdown. Mm-hmm. That's And uh, so it ended up being close to the end, got down to 20-16, to 16, and then Mayon found a score and mm-hmm. kind of ended it for now. Yeah, that kind of that put it away there. But, yeah, you mentioned I mean, it's just so important. Every time you're knocking on the door, you, you've <laughs> got to come away with something at Deshaun Kaiser. But, you know, <laughs> just, uh, yeah, efficiency in the red zone is uh, – probably is definitely one of the most important things in in football and you know it, of course it wasn't bad this week we did we won the game we still made those field goals we still punched it into the end zone with uh some success but going forward you know that's got to be I'd love to see us pick that up even more it's er, it's still early in the year mm-hmm. so there you know there's still room for improvement but yeah the red zone is really frustrating um I actually, it was funny. I gave Kyle Nystrom my stat sheet because he didn't get one at the end of the game. So he's looking at my stat sheet that has, and, you know, he's going on the line. He goes, great running game, you know, good, all right. Not as many penalties as last week. He's going on the list, and he goes, yeah, red zone efficiency. He goes, not happy. It's basically, yeah, it's mm-hmm. like they had so many opportunities to get more points on board, and they didn't convert, and then their kicker struggled. I mean, he looked good. The two field goals he made, they were good. They're right mm-hmm. down the middle. Mm-hmm. And then he just pushed it wide a couple times. So it's like he's still a young kicker, and that's mm-hmm. a nice term em- mm-hmm. emphasized to me. It's like, you know, it can take a while unless you're like an outstanding, like mm-hmm. all-state, all-region <laughs> all yeah. kicker. It, mm-hmm. can, it can be an adjustment. And he did all right at times, but, you know, there's still time. But... Mm-hmm. Grand Valley is a much different opponent, and mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> it, Northern is going to, if they're going to have to get a win this weekend, will have to be at basically their best, you know. Absolutely. Be their passing game, be their running game, and 
as good as Mayon is, is he going to put up 224 yards every game? <laughs> you know? I mean, Especially against a really good defense. Mm, absolutely. I mean, you'd love to see him put up, you know, 200, 250 yards a game, mm. but you can't, you can't feed the ball to him 35, 40 times and expect him to give you that week in and week out. Like, it just, just ridiculous expectations. But you, you mentioned the, the young kicker and the kicking woes. Did you, do you know what happened in the Tech game over the weekend? I tried to keep tabs on it the best I could because um, I was focusing on the game at hand, but I didn't get to watch as much as I would like. But All right. Well, shades of uh, California at Texas a few years back. The game's in overtime. All right, Hillsdale gets the ball second. Tech was playing Hillsdale College. They get the ball second. And they uh, Tech's ahead 31-24. They, Hillsdale scores a touchdown, and they shank the extra point wide left. Game over. Ugh. Ugh. But, the, you know, that's why you said, you, you know, our, our kicker, his name's Daniel Reiser. He's a, he's a young kicker. I, it, being a kicker is a lot harder than people think it is because – and there's so much pressure. Because when you're the kicker, you're the scrawniest guy on the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you only have one job. You mm-hmm. know, you're only out there to kick. So, and you get, you, so you got to do it well. Otherwise, people are going to look at you and go, oh, what are you doing here? Mm-hmm. Well, with kickers, you're either forgotten – completely mm-hmm. or you're like a hero or you're like the worst you know mm-hmm. there's like yeah. three options yeah. where they like people are like forget you're on the roster like he kicks extra points you know great mm-hmm. but and you either drill a field goal to win the game or you know you go two for four or cost your team the game by missing the field goal at the end so <laughs> it's a difficult position to be in because you know you're expected to do so much and mm-hmm. if you fail, it's like the glaring light is on you. It's not like you mm-hmm. can share the duties, you know, like, you know, if I, you know, the blockers are better, if we hung on to the ball or we didn't mm-hmm. throw that pick. It's like people are going to blame you for, you know, why they lost the game. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you can only imagine what was going through that poor kicker. <laughs> Hillsdale, what was going through his mind. Oh, jeez. It just it's too much. And, of course, we weren't just playing football up here. Of course, our team's downstate playing uh, yesterday as well. Hard to get a read on uh, U of M because they did what everyone expected them to. Uh, they flattened, rolled up, and tossed aside uh, a P.J. Fleckless Western Michigan. <laughs> and so really it's, it's tough to gauge where they're at in, in the season. We saw them get a real test um, at Notre Dame week one. They lost. Uh, and this week... They bounce back, but I mean, does it? How much does that really count for? How much does it really say about them it, as a team? It, you know, you're playing Western. It doesn't really, because right. it's like your your first week you're playing a ranked Notre Dame team who is probably better than their mm-hmm. ranking, and mm-hmm. uh, I mean, well, maybe not not after that Ball State team, but heading yeah, into the year, I mean, it just Wimbush looked terrible. Yeah, yesterday or excuse me, Saturday it was uh-huh. just. It's, I think his final his stat line was just atrocious. Three picks. I don't think he threw for a touchdown in the air either. Uh-huh. So I mean, maybe heading into the game, they looked a little better than their record, a little more of their ranking. But they had Notre Dame was just look, look good that game. They were mm-hmm. good on offense, good on defense, and the Michigan team in the Notre Dame game. Their defense was shaky, which is supposed to be their strength this year. Their O line was really bad, <laughs> you know, and Patterson was just getting slammed the mm-hmm. entire game, and mm-hmm. it just it was just kind of a missed opportunity there. Now they played Western, 
you know, Blake and I talk about this, you know, it's a Mac team. You should beat the Mac team. Absolutely. And handedly beat the mm-hmm. Mac team. But, you know, still, you beat a Mac team. Mm-hmm. I mean, what are you going to tell about yourself? We looked bad in week one against a ranked team. We beat up a bad Mac team. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> so are we, like, better, really, right. than week one? Mm-hmm. Or Speaking of bad Mac teams, how about <laughs> Central Michigan? Breaking the streak for Kansas. What was it, like 49 or 41 straight road losses until they beat Central? Yeah. Uh, talk about falling flat. And Central not only gave up a lot of points, they played so bad on offense. I think there was like six turnovers. And, you know, former enemy head coach Chris Ostrowski, offensive coordinator, not his best team. No, certainly not. <laughs> um, but it's just, yeah, Central looked really bad. And... Although Eastern, Eastern beat Purdue on the, last, uh, on the last second field goal. Mm-hmm. So speaking of kickers, mm-hmm. guy there came you through for you. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, was a, it was an interesting week for the Michigan teams. You either had really good performances or really bad performances. Mm-hmm. And or, we, we will certainly get to that. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, just we digress, of course. And, you know, U of M, we, we talk about them not really getting tested this week at all. They won't be tested next week either. They're going to play SMU, which is not a good football team in any sense of that yeah. word. So it's going to be, you know, your first real test is going to be against, what, Nebraska? Who, who didn't look great it, against Colorado either. Yeah, it's. I was trying to keep tabs in the Nebraska game. And, I mean, Colorado is okay. You know, I mean, they're probably a bowl caliber team, but they're not going to win the they're not going to win the Pac-12. You know, it's uh, it's you know, they're not going to get tested maybe until the state game, maybe the Penn State game, depending on how Mm -hmm. Michigan State plays, you know, the rest of the year. Um, It's you can't really I don't think you can judge Michigan until they play a good team again. And Nebraska's maybe their first chance. But even then. I mean, if they play horrible, mm-hmm. you know, again, you know, then you can judge. But it's like if they yeah. pound Nebraska, then, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> I mean, obviously, it's, 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 it's a sign of better things to come because, obviously, you know, the Big Ten competition, you yeah. look better. It's a more accurate gauge on if things have improved or yeah. things have changed. But still, you know, they got a, Nebraska's got a first-year head coach. There's going to be a lot of overhaul, a lot of young players on that roster. So, even still, that's is it. A, do you think a stretch to say that's really their first, their next test, or is it? Do you think probably maybe that state game on the road in East Lansing? It'll, it'll pro- the state game will probably be their first really huge test. The Nebraska game will be more of a test to see, like, okay, have you fully put week one behind you? Mm-hmm. You know, because if you stumble against Nebraska, even if you win, it's like people are gonna look at you like, mm-hmm. how good really are you? Because Michigan was like a dark horse college football playoff team. I mean, they're, they're, yeah, well, if you look at Desmond Howard, what he said. Yeah, well, <laughs> the thing is, is I don't give any 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 of the teams in the Big Ten a real shot to make the playoff this year except for Ohio State. Maybe Ohio State. State oh, yeah. Maybe Ohio State. And, he, you know, of course, with uh, with Michigan State just absolutely blowing it at uh, at uh, Arizona State. We'll get it. Oh, we'll get into more on that uh, more on that in a bit here. But, yeah, you know, just Ohio State, how about them? They just continue again they haven't played they played oregon state and rutgers yeah but the point still stands they just shellacked both these teams they've just been destroying people Dwayne haskins who we Mm -hmm. saw of course who michigan fans now revile for one half of heroics last year just just how impressive is he he's just 
they're so good. And the thing is with Ohio State and what everybody was just shaking their heads at when Urban Meyer got his suspension, he got suspended for like the three weakest <laughs> teams yeah. on the schedule. The only real game that is, Urban Meyer it, got suspended for was TCU. And granted, that is up. a road game. Yeah. And TCU has been playing really solid football these past couple of years. So I, that's certainly going to be the game I'm tuning into on Saturday. Yeah. I, I'm absolutely going to watch that game. But even even still, you know, I I don't think that Meyer suspension is going to have any impact at no, all on no, this season. No, it's not. They're they're too good to be affected by their head coach, you know, missing a few games. So, um, you know, they are the pick to win the Big Ten this year, which isn't Absolutely. surprising. But uh, it's bites because they always play in the afternoon. So mm-hmm. it's like I'm uh, usually doing something when right. it happens. So it's mm-hmm. like I'm I'm hoping that like I'm play like a night game coming up so I can get a better you know, look yeah, at that, it. Yeah, that TCU-Ohio State, that is a night game. That's the, uh, I'm pretty sure like the ESPN primetime yeah. uh, Saturday night game, 8 o'clock. I saw an ad for that, of course. Watching uh, this weekend's primetime game, Clemson-Texas A&M. We'll get into that game a little bit uh, coming up here in a bit. All right, uh, stay with us because when we come back, we'll get into the Michigan State game and we're talking some more college football. Now back to the sports pen. Here's Blake Froling. Pigskin Payday is back. Pick the winners of each week's game to win. Play all season for the $100,000 grand prize. Only at Ajibo Casino, Barriga, and Marquette. Well, welcome back to the sports pen. Max Stevens here with you, along with side Ryan Steak from the Mining Journal. Talking college football here on a gorgeous Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's get into the Michigan State game. Oh, jeez. Ugh. My, that, ugh. That was, that was a missed opportunity. Missed opportunity with capital everything. <laughs> Good golly. I stayed up till past 2 a.m. to watch the end of that game. Me, me it, too. Mm, it's just brutal. Ugh. And, by that, so, and by that time, I was completely running on fumes. Right? Yeah. It just, it, it's a, you know, I know it's a Saturday, but God. If you're going to keep me up that late, you at least got to win the football game. Yeah. It was painful to watch coming down the stretch. And it especially was painful because there were a lot of questions about our defense and about our depth in the secondary. We lost some depth this year uh, in our secondary uh, when Utah State dropped 31 points on us. Yeah. Our secondary looked great mm-hmm. for 45 minutes. <laughs> Problem is... Football games are 60 minutes. Yeah, not not 45. Yeah. No. Oh, and it was just so painful. And we played so well, even without Josiah Scott, who's arguably, you know, our best corner. And especially, we, uh, Arizona State has one of the best receivers in the country. There's an argument that he is the best receiver in the country. And mm-hmm. uh, he wears number one. His name's Nikhil Harry. He's probably going to be a lottery pick mm-hmm. yeah. in the NFL draft. And we did such a good job of locking him down mm-hmm. for the first 50 minutes of that game. Yeah. And it just is painful to watch that choke. Well, good players make plays mm-hmm. at the biggest times, and that's Absolutely. what he did. And I'm I'm watching the game, and I'm keeping tabs on, and I'm like, because I didn't watch, I periodically was flipping between games, because there's other late stuff on, and, you know, I was, I don't know, I was talking to my, mm-hmm. my wife quite a bit, so I was going to, Absolutely, you know, yeah. there's multiple things. Mm-hmm. So, and then... Michigan State kept having to settle for field goals. Mm-hmm. They kind of pulled the northern in a way. <laughs> you know, like they should have should have gotten in the end zone mm-hmm. a few more times. But they didn't. In, in all fairness, the Wildcats scored more touchdowns. Yeah, than yes, the very much, <laughs> very much so. But you know, just 
they should have gotten more touchdowns. They had to settle for stuff. They, it just it didn't look like it was just there. But I'm thinking late. I'm like, okay, they got a big enough lead. They're probably going to hang on. This wasn't mm-hmm. a great win. And then Arizona State started to do stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it really came together. And Herm Edwards knows how to manage a clock. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, for so many coaches, clock management is such a struggle. But Herm Edwards did it like to perfection, and yeah, I mean, you know, Herm Edwards, if anything, proved he's pretty legit. You know, yeah. he's here to play ball in the yeah. NCAA. Uh, and you know, just on a side note, one question about that game: whose idea was it to have a blackout when it was a hundred and ten at kickoff? It says Arizona State. Are are they masochists? <laughs> like what? What? I mean, here's the funny thing: it's like they didn't. The crowd didn't entirely get the concept of black up because there's only like a couple sections that were entirely black. Like <laughs> there's like other colors in there. So mm-hmm. even when you tried it, the black was a dumb idea in the first place, and you couldn't even pull off the dumb right. idea uh-huh. that you had. So it was just it was a mess. Yeah. And kickoff wasn't until what like ten fifty is when yeah, it finally kicked off. Well, I mean. I mean, in a way, it's really late. It's probably as hot, but it's still it was sweltering on the oh, field. Oh yeah, it was brutal. They it, they showed like the uh, the in stadium uh, big thermometer on the on the uh, on the jumbotron or on TV or whatever, and it was like a hundred and something. And I'm, I'm, there's it's a dry heat is the mm-hmm. worst thing you can say to someone when it comes to hot weather mm-hmm. because it's like it's still hot. I mean, yeah, there's no humidity, but it's 110. <laughs> I mean, right. not, yeah, it's like it's I, still 110 I, outside. Yeah, and everyone's like, wearing pants and pads. Yeah, it's like there's no. I mean, mm-hmm. if if you grew up, I mean, I lived in Texas for a couple of years, and Texas like goes back and forth between a dry heat and a wet heat, depending mm-hmm. on how it goes, and it just. A dry heat is still miserable, mm-hmm. you know? It's just, you're trying right. to justify yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, and uh, there's really no way to justify the weather or the time of kickoff <laughs> as an excuse for losing this football game. Yeah. There, yeah. There are, that's not an excuse, because if that had anything, if that was going to have anything to do with the outcome of the football game, we would have been playing worse earlier. Yeah. We weren't. Yeah. And, uh, you know, obviously, I'm not one to make excuses for anyone. Play yeah. better, you yeah. know? Play better. That's what we should have done, and we missed our opportunity mm-hmm. to do so. And what else is really frustrating about this loss, other than the, in the manner in which we lost it and, and in front of essentially Brian Wilwerke's whole family and yeah. a section of all of his friends or whatever that kept talking about it during the game. You went to high school like 25 miles from yeah. Sun Devil Stadium. Uh, it just – what else is – what's really frustrating about this loss is you look at the rest of Michigan State's schedule, mm-hmm. and you look at – we got U of M, which I fully expect we're going to win that game, but it's going to be tough. Uh-huh. You know, playing them is never easy, uh, except the one year they had, like, negative 40-something yeah. rushing yards. Oh, that was a pleasure to watch. Yeah. Uh, regardless, uh, I digress. We got Ohio State. I don't care that it's at home. I, I don't give us any shot to win no. that game. Not, uh, at, not at this point. And then, of course, so there's your second loss right there. So that's already, you're not competing for a playoff spot. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't help that we play in the same side of the Big Ten as Ohio State. But to make matters worse, at Happy Valley, Penn State. I don't care that they <laughs> lost Barkley. I don't care that they lost Gasicki. Trace McSorley is still Trace McSorley. And when you go into a whiteout at Happy Valley... I don't care who you are. 
I'm not picking you to win that football game. And Penn State understands the concept of a whiteout. Mm-hmm. Oh, they sure do. <laughs> yeah. Well, it helps that you know it's not sweltering. And, yeah, yeah. Because you, know, you know what that was 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 the the, re, the the sensible adults in the room going blackout. It's 110 outside, <laughs> and they just didn't do it. Yeah, but you know you look at Michigan State's in trouble. The fact mm-hmm. that they struggled so badly against Utah State mm-hmm. and then didn't put points on the board against Arizona State. No. It's the playoff spot is virtually a long shot at no. this point. You I, have to you have to win out is basically what you're going to do. Gotta, you're yeah, gonna, absolutely. <laughs> that's but that's the beautiful thing about college football and about the regular season college football because it's the only one in major sports that matters. Yeah. You know, you get and especially if last year showed us anything, when there was a pretty significant argument for Ohio State to be in that playoff, mm-hmm. in college football you get one mulligan. You mm-hmm. have to, well, I would say you have to win your conference unless you're Alabama. Alabama. But yeah. you know, <laughs> you get one mulligan. And if you're Michigan State, there it was. You know, same thing if you're U of M. You get one mulligan. You you blew it week one. We blew it week two. We're no better. <laughs> all right. So it just is is really frustrating. That's the mulligan. So you look at this schedule. Now you got to beat U of M. At home, doable. OSU at home, not gonna happen. Not doable, really. But you know, who knows? Crazier things have happened. Mm-hmm. We marched into Columbus two years ago, and it happened. Walked yeah. away yeah. with a win with our backup quarterback, of mm-hmm. course. You know, um, and of course we have to go into Is Penn it, State, Happy yeah. Valley, the game that's probably going to be a whiteout. Mm-hmm. So I, ugh, it just it does not look good. Uh, the rest of the year for Michigan State, especially with the way that we played those yeah. first two games, we're not even close oh, yeah. to any any semblance of midseason form. No, they, you know, and you can make the argument that it's still early in the year, but still, mm-hmm. it's like these are games you should have won. Right? Yeah, it's like Absolutely. these aren't, you know, these aren't, you know, you're playing back to back games against really good teams. Right. You're playing mm-hmm. a, a Mountain West team and a very meh. Back twelve team, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's yeah. like they should be two and zero right now, mm-hmm. and they're not. And they just the schedule is going to get worse. And oh, it's yeah. just, it's not like you know. Some teams get their tough games at the beginning mm-hmm. and can kind of fight their way back toward a you know a decent bowl game. Mm-hmm. Whereas right. <laughs> Michigan State, like the playoff, is a complete long shot mm-hmm. at this point. Whereas, right. I mean, they still might get a New Year's Day bowl game, which is. Nice, right. but right, yeah, it's but of course, you know, gotta you you gotta come out of the other gotta yeah. come out the other side of the tunnel with two losses or less. Yeah, yeah, if you already blew one mm-hmm. to Arizona State, which is a game that you really should have won. And it pains me because I you look at the schedule, every other game outside of OSU and Penn State is winnable. Mm-hmm. Every other one of those games, I would pick Michigan State to win. So just the fact that we blew this one and we blew it so early in the year is really painful. And I think one of the issues that we're having early on in this year is actually something uh, my dad noticed and was texting me about during the game. He says, Lorikey's not making as many plays outside the pocket as he was last year. He's not running as spontaneously. So I think the linebackers, opposing linebackers, can kind of are relaxing a little bit, going, okay, he's probably not mm-hmm. going to run the football. It's okay if I drop a little further oh, yeah. back in coverage. It's... You know, so I think Lorick, he's got to bring that back. He, you know, we talked so much, and he's so hyped 
as being a great quarterback and one of the one of the best returning quarterbacks in the Big Ten, probably just behind Trace McSorley at this point. So he's really got to be instrumental if we're gonna. I don't think we're gonna win out, but if we're gonna go, you know, maybe one loss the rest of the way, he's he's got to he's got to carry it. Remember when uh, he was where he was considered a uh, dark horse Heisman candidate? No, yeah, no, I never considered him. I didn't a dark think horse that either. Heisman but there's candidate. some there was people talking about it. Maybe if he has a big year, no. he's 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 great, but he ain't that great. No, and he's already not been good out of the gate and. Mm-hmm. Through a pick six against Utah State, mm-hmm. couldn't he's not scrambling very well. He's not running the ball very well. And again, you lost to Arizona State, and you didn't get in the end zone when you no. needed to. It's One like, time. yeah, it's just it's Michigan State. I wouldn't say is entirely a mess because no. there's some good pieces there, mm-hmm. but things need to shore up if they're gonna. Mm-hmm. even make a New Year's Day game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we mentioned they're not entirely a mess. Of course, the defense absolutely collapsed at the end of the game, but we did look solid for uh, much of that game, and it wasn't like we were playing, you know, when we, we were down-talking Arizona State. We say we should have won that game. We should have. Arizona State's not a pushover. They have yeah. a very, uh, their quarterback, Wilkins, I believe is his name, he's like a third-year starter, and he's very he's very capable. He's played solidly his whole career. He quarterbacked Arizona State. That crazy game they had a year or two ago against Texas Tech where the final yeah. score was like 70-63. Yeah. That was him. Um, and, of course, they have one of the best wide receivers yeah. in the country in, in Nikhil Harry, so it's not like we were playing nobody on the yeah. defensive side of the ball. We look promising. We just have to, you know, finish yeah, the game. Yeah, you have to execute. You have to be able to get the job done, and they didn't. And mm-hmm. now I now you have to keep moving forward and, you know, improve in pretty much all areas because mm-hmm. it's like even the ones that even are looking good now are still inconsistent, mm-hmm. you know. So – Michigan State just has to get better each week. Mm-hmm. I'm, off the top of my head, what we got? What they got this week? Michigan State. Uh, I actually don't know off the top of my head. I will pull that up very quickly here. Well, regardless, they need to win the game. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It doesn't matter who it is. We need to win. Uh, next up, we got the Hoosiers, who beat Virginia. They did. <laughs> well, it's, Virginia's n- never yeah. been very good. They, but here's the thing. You know, two years ago, Michigan State lost to Indiana. Right. In a game they should have won. Mm. So it's like, mm. you know, Indiana's, Indiana's one of those teams mm-hmm. in the Big Ten yeah. that can surprise you. They'll mm-hmm. always pull Absolutely. one upset they every year. They give Michigan so much crap every year. Every year it's a close game. Yeah. And uh, Michigan can't seem to blow out Indiana. No. They're either in a shootout with Indiana or they can't get anything going against Indiana. Mm-hmm. So Indiana's one of those teams that's there every year to pull an upset and mm. – there's a lot of potential they Absolutely. could do it this week. Mm-hmm. It could, we could be walking into another uh, trap game. But, of course, at Michigan State, they have that. It seems like every year they have that one game where you just look at it and you go, God, we really should have won that game. Mm-hmm. Last year it was at Northwestern. In overtime we yeah. lost that one. And, you know, you can argue – we don't lose that game. I mean, granted, we still got absolutely demolished yeah. by Ohio State, but we lose that game or we win that game. We're in a lot better position overall for last mm-hmm. season. And, you know, this was obviously you hate to use that mulligan this early in the season yeah, yeah. against not even in conference play. So, but we've, I feel like, uh, kind of beaten that point into the mud at this point. So, yeah. All right, Ryan. Um, a lot of great football was played on Saturday, though. Uh, I was watching. I spent. I uh, planted my butt firmly on my couch and watched the entirety of uh, number two Clemson at 
Texas A&M, and t- uh, Texas A&M is a lot better than people give him credit for. Oh, yeah. After watching that whole game, Jimbo Fisher, I'm looking forward to watching his tenure. I'm not a big Aggie fan, but I liked what I saw from the Aggies. Yeah. And they're an interesting program in the fact that they mm-hmm. they should be better each year because mm-hmm. they are in a Texas program, mm-hmm. but they're always like behind Texas in everybody's national well, spotlight, which they shouldn't be because mm-hmm. Texas is really on a downward spiral yeah, for absolutely. the last few years. But mm-hmm. they... You know, since joining the SEC, they started off as more of a surprise. I think some people were like, why are they joining the SEC? They shouldn't. They don't belong in the SEC, but they've definitely held their own. Mm-hmm. Um, almost beat the number two team in the country. Mm-hmm. I thought Clemson was in control, mm-hmm. you know, for most Absolutely. of the game until the last few minutes. They were. So. They were in total control until, you know, coming about like midway through that second half, midway through the third quarter is when the resurgence started. People, uh, I mean, of course, it didn't, it didn't end up happening, but people forget, you know, Jimbo Fisher used to play Clemson every year. Yeah. He was, he was a coach in the ACC. He knew what to expect. And uh, I have kind of a football. We won't get into the game too much because obviously it's not relevant to our market. But I have kind of a football ethics question that I want to uh, ask our audience and I want to ask you, Ryan. And that was uh, there was a play with about two and a half minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Uh, A&M's wide receiver, Courtney Davis, he catches a pass and uh, he's trying to make, make plays in space down near the goal line. He's running for the sideline. He dives for it, and when he does, he exposes the football, and it gets knocked out of his hands. Mm-hmm. And it goes – he fumbles it. It goes out of bounds. Uh, they rule that he fumbled it through the end zone out of bounds, which mm-hmm. is a touchback Clemson football. The only the problem I have with this, it was really, really close. Mm-hmm. And, like, it looked – uh, from from most of those ang- for most of those angles, it looked like it went out of bounds left of that pylon, and it should have stayed A and M's football. So the question I have is, even if it was the right call, I don't think it was personally, but even if it was the right call and it did go out of bounds through the end zone, do you wish that the officials had said, you know what, it's too close to call, we should not decide this game? and leave Texas A&M with the football, leave them with the momentum, and just let the game flow to its natural conclusion. Uh, you know, football is interesting because I know in a lot of other sports, like basketball and hockey, late in the game or in, like, an overtime, they'll let the teams play. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll, you know, put their whistle away unless it's blatant. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. it's a hit to the head or, you know, like <laughs> the guy was hacked in the lane mm-hmm. and, like, falls down mm-hmm. in the heap. Or, or your Clay Matthews doing <laughs> something really <laughs> stupid. stupid. We'll yeah. get to that it, in a minute. Yeah, it's... Where football's a little different, but I think you got to look at it and just be like, is is this, are we doing it right? Mm-hmm. Is this going to be the right call in the end? And I would have probably looked at it as, if it's not definitive, go the safe route instead of, you know, making, you know, mm-hmm. a, a potential game-changing call. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and of course the issue with them, taking the safe route was they ruled it on the field a touchback. Yeah. If they, I, I firmly believe if they, and basically Herb Street and, and uh, Herb Street, who was on commentary, was saying the whole time, he's like, I think this is, this is, should be A&M football, but yeah. they called it a, a touchback. So they, they can't overturn this. It's yeah. too close. So I think the issue is, and, and we saw it multiple times uh, in that game and just throughout the weekend in general, anytime the ball is dropped in the backfield, the whistle, the officials are a few seconds behind on blowing that whistle because it's better to let the play play out yeah. and correct it in post than stop the defense from scoring a touchdown. And I think that's the same principle. Down there, you got to leave A&M with the football. Of course, it, it wouldn't matter because they ended up coming back and scoring. And, and, and ultimately lost. And ultimately they lost because they failed the two-point conversion. 
But beside the point is they if you know if they had kept the football and succeeded the first time uh-huh. instead of having you know a minute on yeah. the clock, uh-huh. two and a half. Yeah, that's and that that does make a big difference coming down. Of course, Jimbo Fisher, uh, you mentioned clock management earlier being an issue. Two timeouts within two minutes kept those. So good clock management there from the Aggies. Uh, bringing it back to our. Of course, earlier discussion. Stay with us on the Sports Pen because when we come back, we're going to get into some of the NFL action over the weekend. What's going on, Marquette? Welcome back to the Sports Pen. Max Stevens alongside Ryan Stieg in the studio with you. Pigskin Payday is back. Pick the winners of each week's game to win. Play all season long for the $100,000 grand prize only at the Ojibwe Casino, Barriga, and Marquette. And as we come back for segment number three of the show, we're going to get into the Green Bay Packers game last night. I think my heart rate has still not returned to normal, just having sat down and watched that whole game. Ugh. Watching, pa- watching Packer fans on Twitter is probably the most hilarious thing because it went from panic mode to epic frustration mode to excited mode to elation in, like, the span of just a matter mm-hmm. of hours. So, um, having been uh, having watched the whole game from start to finish, and being a big Packers fan myself, can confirm that is indeed the emotional roller coaster yeah. that uh, Packers fans were on last night. And uh, last night, I raised two questions for me. We'll get and we'll get into the actual game in a minute here, but I I raised two, raised two questions. First of all, why did the Oakland Raiders have to be the dumbest organization in football and just give away Khalil Mack? <sighs> The Raiders are so bad, and I thought those days were over when Al Davis left, but they hired a guy who has a massive ego as a head coach and thought that Khalil Mack was not good enough for a fit for a team. Mm-hmm. Only, like, arguably the best defensive player in football. Well, but, uh, mm-hmm. but, you know, not a good fit for his defense. John, you haven't coached in, what, at least a decade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah TV has been kind. Of yeah. Him. Yeah. It's, it's like he, and here's a side note. John Gruden was high on Nathan Peterman. Mm-hmm. The Bills oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Nathan Peterman's great. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Didn't like Khalil Mack. Loves Nathan Peterman. Loves. So. Oh, pff, what's not to love about <laughs> Nathan Peterman? You know, he'll five, throw. F- five yeah. picks in the first half. Opposing coaches pick. love Nathan yeah. Peterman. I don't know what you're talking about. Just, coaches love Peterman as long as he's not playing for you. He just was, I don't get it. And then the Bears get him, which I didn't expect. I know Packers fans were disappointed because they wanted him. Mm-hmm. Well, now they get him in week one. Khalil Mack looked like a monster. He is a monster. And he went out and he said, you know what, John Gruden? Yeah. I don't even. I don't want to be a Raider. Watch yeah. this. Yeah. He said, "Here, hold my beer," and just <laughs> mm, yeah, he had just his was way. So it was just so dominant. I mean, he was rushing. He was making sacks, and that one he basically just took the ball mm-hmm. away. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And you know, for all the credit Khalil Mack gets and deserves in the second half, we the Packers made great adjustments on the offensive line, and he was not as big of a factor in that second half. Well, and maybe like common sense came into play, you know, mm-hmm. maybe like, Hey, maybe switch our blocking schemes mm-hmm. a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, where he's going, but mm-hmm. it was, it was so, it, 
it was so fun to watch. Not just because, you know, I don't like the Packers, but just I like watching good football and watching good players play, mm-hmm. and he just was so dominant. Absolutely. And when the Bears went off, went up 20 nothing, mm-hmm. I kind of turned it off. And I started doing other things because it's just like, well, and then Rodgers went down, and then everybody's just like, yeah, the game's over. Mm-hmm. I didn't think he was going to come back. And neither did I. Yeah, because it's like you're already losing mm-hmm. by quite a bit. Right. Is and it it's worth... week one. Yeah, it's week one. It's like, do you really want to risk it? Mm-hmm. But then he came back and mm-hmm. let a miraculous come mm-hmm. back. And, and then, you know, Aaron Rodgers came back and showed everybody why he's the GOAT. You know, he came back, did Aaron Rodgers things. Oh, that's a nice lead you had. That's a nice lead you got there. Let me just rip your heart, your still beating heart out of your chest, Temple of Doom style in the fourth quarter. <laughs> yeah, and that's, like, that's basically what he did. And it was so, it's, oh, mm-hmm. as a Packer hater, that just crushes me. But he just, he's so uh, good. And he just, mm-hmm. I hope Packers fans realize just how lucky they are oh. to have him. I, I can't. I can't speak for every other Packer fan out there, but I certainly do. Yeah. You know, I, you watch. You 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 look at any other organization in football, and you just look. Oh my God, we went from Brett Favre to, to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. That's not even fair. Yeah. You're, you're spoiled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't, Absolutely. You know, and uh, it just he was just so on and just. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you're worried about his knee. Because knee injuries are devastating. Right. It derails your entire season if mm-hmm. it's serious. Mm-hmm. It looked like he had a brace on, you know. Yeah. And that was pretty obvious. At the very was, least, some KT tape. Yeah, yeah he uh-huh. did, did. He, You know, I was wondering if he's going to be as mobile, mm-hmm. you know. And he, you know, led a huge comeback. Scored that, that passing touchdown. Found mm-hmm. that opening. And just mm-hmm. was like... Come on, Bears. Where's your D there? It's like they just—they uh, left him open no. over the middle. This flailing, swatting at your arm thing that the, the, the guy in the secondary did, mm. and he just ran it all the way back. It was so—it was so disheartening mm. if you're a Packer hater, and it just was like, ah, oh, well, he did it again. Mm. You know, he a, sure did. Yeah, and it's like shades go, of uh, he, shades of the Cowboys game last year. Yeah, just, he just, just, just you know, he's just one of those quarterbacks that you can't cut out. I mean, you can throw, you know, like Peyton and Tom Brady and Joe Montana and mm-hmm. all these guys, even Marino for all the stuff that he gets. You know, you know, he didn't win the Super Bowl. Let a bunch of comebacks mm-hmm. for the Dolphins. I Absolutely. mean, like some guys just are that good where mm-hmm. you just. Oh, they're down by three scores in the fourth quarter? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it's it's not over with those guys. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we talk a lot about great quarterbacks. That brings me to the second question yeah. I had that I mentioned at the start of this segment. Why, oh, why, who thought it was a good idea to go Deshaun Kaiser? Yeah, let's go out and get that guy. <laughs> who? I want to know who in the Packers front office thought it would be a great idea to trade for an 0-15 rookie starting quarterback who threw literally twice as many picks as touchdowns. Probably because they were thinking they need a backup for Rodgers, and maybe he was so bad because he was with the Browns. (laughs) Well, last night kind of proved that that wasn't entirely true. True. Maybe at the time when they were thinking. Right. Maybe, I don't know, maybe they thought if if they stick him under Rodgers – that he'll he'll blossom, he'll learn from, you know, someone who's not, I don't, you know, him. He'll have, yeah. like, an actual mentor. Yeah, you but know. But it's just, uh, kind granted, of what Rogers, he hasn't had that yeah, much time. Kind of what Rodgers had with Favre. You know, he mm-hmm. had a couple years under him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he, it was, 
an opportunity there, but, you know, he's just... And I know maybe the logic was Packer fans hated Brett Hundley. We sure did. Well, <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what, Deshaun yeah. Kaiser didn't do himself any favors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two, pos- two possessions, two series, right? First possession, looked solid for about five plays. Then, of course, uh, he gets... He loses the football. Khalil yeah. Mack just says, I'm taking your lunch money and your football. And he <laughs> did. Um, and then, of course, the second possession. Uh, by the way, just a, a PSA for all of our young quarterbacks out there. Uh, if someone's got your legs wrapped up and you're falling down, it is too late to try and throw the football away. Just take the sack. It's, you know, it's there's so many quarterbacks who this. oh, I'm going down. I got to make a play. And, you know, sometimes you see that with punters, too. Mm-hmm. It's like, these guys are going to block my kick. But, I, you know, I got to get the punt off. You know, it's like, no, just, you're going to get hit. It's already, you've already failed. Right. Well, well, technically, your line probably failed. It's not your fault itself. But just realize that if, even if you do get it off, it's not going to go far. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just like, so you're either going to throw a pick if you're going down. Or, you know, you're going to bounce it to somebody. Best <laughs> case scenario is it's an incomplete pass. Yeah. That's absolute best case scenario. And it was just, it just hurt. Because it was, again, he just was like, oh, hey, Khalil Max, right there. Take the football. Yeah, I don't want it. Yeah. You know? it. Ugh. I mean, I mean, obviously... Uh, hyperbole here. I'm putting words in his mouth, but it just it just was a uh, just a terrible play, just a horrible mental mistake. I mean, if you're going down, just hold on to the football. It wasn't even like it was like third and long. It wasn't desperation time. There was no excuse for making a play like that. In in no way you can try to justify it in no way mm-hmm. because it was like he he just wasn't thinking. It was like it's what a young quarterback thinks. It's mm-hmm. like you're always taught you got to get the ball off, you mm-hmm. know, don't take the sack, but it was the safer thing to do. Speaking right. of someone who made mental mistakes, Clay Matthews. Oh <laughs> gosh, I was going br- to I'm glad you brought this up because I was going to when we were done with that sentence. Oh jeez. What Clay Matthews I I put this on the paper. Clay Matthews in his 10th season. <laughs> All right, the rookie, we just drafted him, Jair Alexander, love that draft pick, by the way, goes up, makes a big play, swats the ball away on fourth and long, turnover on downs. Psych. Game is basically over. Game's over right there. Bears have two timeouts, so we need, well, and I think the two-minute warning, no. Was there the two-minute warning still? No, the the two-minute warning had passed. It had passed, right. The Bears had two timeouts, so essentially from right there, the game is pick up one first down, and, and the game yeah. is over. Yeah. But Clay Matthews says, psych, no. Let me just rough the passer <laughs> yes. real quick. And it, 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 it wasn't even like a debatable rough no. the passer. He was a good two seconds mm-hmm. you know, behind and it, shoved him. Oh, it just so, and mm. here's another thing that some people don't notice. There's a, a point in the game where they missed the call. It should have been 12 men on the field. Clay Matthews was late. Getting off the field on the play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When it's they snapped just, the ball, he was like still a good couple mm-hmm. of yards from the side. And it's line. not even Clay Matthews. When was his last dominant season? You know, yeah. and that I, I point out that and I asked Packers fans, I was like, how do you really feel about Clay Matthews? Because I think he's probably one of the most overrated linebackers he in is. the league. He you is. know, he had a good first couple of years. Absolutely. And it's like he's been milking these endorsements mm-hmm. and now he's more famous for being in commercials with Aaron Rodgers right. than actually, you know, right. being a good linebacker mm-hmm. and he just 
I get it's like it's got to be frustrating to be a Packers fan in regard to it. In, sure was. I was livid. I, I'm sitting there, and as soon as he shoved <laughs> Trubisky on that play, like people had a meltdown on Twitter. Like, did he just cost us? Absolutely, and he almost did. I mean, granted, our defense held strong, which was great, and a lot of that was because you know our two rookies in the secondary played really, really well yesterday. Yeah. Jair Alexander out of Louisville, and of course Josh Jackson out of Iowa. But it just – it was terrible. And it was like even if he was still – and I think part of the reason people are so fed up is because, you know, Matthews hasn't been truly dominant for a few years now. I mean if he was still a top three, top five linebacker in the league, it still wouldn't be excusable. But it would at least be tolerable uh, to some degree. But this was – that was just terrible. In your 10th season yeah. with the game coming out of the wire, the rookie out back is making plays – that cannot happen. No, he's coming around. I'm, I've seen the replay so many times. You know, Trubisky's out. He's thrown the ball, and he's sitting there, and just the shove happens. And it's not like I was about to sack him, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just I pulled up just in time and I shoved. No, the ball was well gone at, mm-hmm. that, at that point. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. just like it was – I just stare at him and I'm just like, you're – come on, dude. Mm-hmm. You've been the – league for like a decade now mm, this it's is like, tenth year, yeah, yeah yeah it's like how have you not figured out they're going to call that on you there's mm-hmm. always this they've been emphasizing safety especially with quarterbacks Absolutely. it's like you're gonna get flagged for it mm. and he should have known better at least mm. he admitted the fact uh-huh. <laughs> after the right. game Absolutely. That, yeah there's no shine away from that uh, one yeah so it's like i give him credit for that but it's just like it was so stupid mm-hmm. and it's like if that would have caught i mean just after what Rodgers did and all that magic, to have that be the thing that cost oh, you the game? Yeah, I don't even want to imagine. Uh, it. Just, but the Packers came out. They came out on top. The question is: is after they played, needed a Rodgers comeback to beat the Bears? Mm-hmm. What's it say about the Packers after Week One? As Ugh. a Packers fan, well, is- as as much as we've been harping on the Packers for you know our issues at at the issue at quarterback depth uh-huh. and uh, the scary. Very scary injury to Aaron Rodgers. I was actually uh, reading before we uh, before we started doing the show. Uh, Aaron Rodgers had this to say uh, about the um, the the knee. He said he's going uh, additional tests today. Uh, as long as there's no major issues, he'll keep playing. And when they have their next uh, press conference on Wednesday, yeah. he'll talk more about the knee issue. So it looked to me. From watching the replay, it looked like he probably just hyperextended it. It doesn't yeah. look like it's terrible. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he was able to come back in and play, granted, he was hobbling a little. Yeah. The fact that he was able to come back in and play is nice. Yeah. It was a uh, was a good sign. We'll know more about this on Wednesday, obviously. And But, you know, like I said, as much as we were harping on the Packers for the issues, the defense, uh, Trubisky played really well, which was not very surprising. But, you know, it was good to see him actually throwing the football. The Bears didn't let him do that a whole lot last year. Um but defense looked solid, you know. Obviously, there were some issues. Jordan uh, Jordan Howard picked up a whole lot of yards on the ground. Our secondary played fairly well, you know, played fairly well. Uh, they exploited the zone quite a bit going uh, into that game, and uh, that was some of the issues. They completed a lot of, you know, first down and picked up, you know, six, seven yards on a slant or an out. Um, but our secondary looked solid. Uh, quarterback depth still a very obvious issue for the Packers. So if this Rodgers issue uh, injury is serious, uh, we're in trouble. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you know, if I think if Rodgers is healthy for a whole game, 
I think uh, we're looking okay. I don't like our chances uh, with Minnesota this week, this uh, this coming Sunday, Bill. No, uh, Minnesota looked very strong. Their mm-hmm. defense looked good. You know, so you can be so, well, it's San Francisco, but there's a lot of people high on San Francisco. Mm-hmm. A lot of people that, high on Jimmy G, too. Yeah, yeah. A lot, maybe a wild card. Handed him, card his, first lo- handed yeah. his first loss. Okay. Yeah, so it's like mm-hmm. Minnesota at times. Cousins looked like he was locked in, mm-hmm. you know. Absolutely. And, yeah, it's like you wonder if you're joining a new team right. how you're going to feel, and he looked good. Mm-hmm. Playing um, for a new team. He's finally away from the Redskins, got the, the big mess contract. The Redskins. So, yeah, absolutely, so he's happy. You, you, these standards are probably high for him. You mm-hmm. just got paid. You got to mm-hmm. be able to contribute, and he did. Mm-hmm. Um, running game did okay. The defense, I mean, Minnesota's strength last year and this year has been their defense, absolutely. and their defense came through, and you have Rodgers, mm-hmm. which is a boost, but – Let's say the rest of the offense isn't there. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's like yeah, you're playing arguably one of the best, de- arguably the def- defense in the conference, mm-hmm. maybe in the league, yeah. and it's like you need to have Rodgers to even have a chance in this game. And uh, I'm intrigued by it because it's mm-hmm. fun because it's gonna be Cousins versus Rodgers. You mm-hmm. know, like can Cousins keep up with Rodgers? That mm-hmm. kind of thing. So yeah. it's gonna be a fun game. But uh, this isn't a <laughs> isn't a Packers. Cruise win, you know. Oh, no. Yeah, this is this is going to be a down and out. It's going to be a hard fought game, like it usually is with Minnesota. So, mm-hmm. absolutely. All right. Well, we'll stay with us because when we come back, we'll get a little bit. Uh, we'll look forward to the Lions game a little bit, and we'll talk a little bit more about the NFL. Stay with us. Now back to the sports pen. Here's Blake Froling. Pigskin payday is back. Pick the winners of each week's game to win. Play all season for the $100,000 grand prize only at Ojibwe Casino, Barriga, and Marquette. Max Stevens alongside Ryan Stieg with you here in the studio. And Ryan, we don't have a whole lot of time left, so we're just going to talk briefly about the, uh, the about the Lions game tonight. What are you looking for? You're a big Lions fan, is that right? I see you're wearing the jersey. Well, I'm just represented today. I'm actually growing. I grew up a Vikings fan, but uh, I've... I like to adopt with each team, kind of support, you know, you know, teams. I can't bring myself to support the Packers because I grew up like Vikings mm-hmm. fan. But, you know, I got this jersey for Christmas, so why not? Absolutely. But, what are you looking for from your Lions for tonight's game? When I, I'm, they were look so inconsistent in the preseason. Mm-hmm. I know I look at it as well, it's preseason, you know, it, it happens. But mm-hmm. you know, it just, I want the defense to be there. I want, you know, some fluidity to the offense. You know, I just want to see how it all comes together because Patricia said, you know, I'm not worried about the preseason. It's just a preseason. Well, no, it's your first regular season game. Mm-hmm. What have you put together, put on the field? Grant, the good thing is they're playing the Jets tonight. Right. <laughs> right, 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 right. So if there's a good lead-in to the mm-hmm. season, Absolutely. it's like it's good to have a, a potential beatable opponent. Right. Of course, not very many people high on the Lions after a pretty disastrous preseason uh, but, you know, they're playing the Jets, which is, of course, they got thrown a bone on Monday Night Football. The Jets starting Sam Darnold, fresh out of USC. <laughs> they said, here you go, kid. Here's the keys. Uh, you got to hope he'll fare. If you're Obviously, if you're a Jets fan, you got to hope he fares better than uh, the last true rookie who started <laughs> last year. And that was, of course, Deshaun Kaiser. Yeah. Um, and we all know how that went. But, of course, the Jets, I think, are a little more... Not by a whole lot, but a little more well-prepared to turn the keys over to a first-year rookie. They were very high on Sam Darnold. Took him with, what, the third overall pick? Something like that, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, they're a little more secure situation for him. But still, Mm -hmm. you're going up against... Uh, Matthew Stafford, who I would say is definitely top ten quarterback of the year, potentially mm-hmm. not. 
uh, the top ten quarterback in the league, potentially maybe even top five quarterbacks in the league, mm-hmm. depending how you judge stuff. But uh, you just the Lions have their their offense has the potential to be so good this year. Mm-hmm. It's more so the defense that Absolutely. is the question mark, mm-hmm. and. That's what I want to see is the offense what it's going to be mm-hmm. and the defense going to make up for mm-hmm. Darnold threw a lot of interceptions even in college. So watch out for Darius Slay tonight <laughs> to make some plays. But unfortunately, that's all the time we've got. Thank you very much for joining us on the Sportsman today. Have a great day, Marquette.